Our second scripture reading comes to us from the book of Acts, chapter 13. We're going to read verses 1 through 3. And you can find it in your pew Bibles on page 1714. 1714. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Thus ends our reading of God's inerrant word. May all who hear it be set apart for the calling that God has placed in their lives. Well, my message is going to be very, very short this morning, as I want to give a lion's share of our time to our guests. Uh, but I selected this passage because it illustrates the, the partnership between the church and its missionaries. Here we see this local church in, in Antioch and the leadership in that church. We have Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manaean, and Saul. These were prophets and teachers, trained men ready for the work of God. And we see the, the Holy Spirit place a specific call on both Barnabas and Saul. These two men, they had been set apart for a certain work. They were to be missionaries to the Gentile world. And in response to this call, these, these leaders in this church, they, they were in agreement with the Spirit. And so they placed their hands upon the, the, the two men, and they sent them off. And so, and so we see three things here. First, we see that Saul and Barnabas, they were, they were trained men. But being a missionary takes more than just training. Second, we, we see that they were called, or they were set apart. The, the Holy Spirit was, was directing their steps. And finally, the, the church recognized this calling, and they supported their ministry. And this is reflective of our partnership with John and Trisha Frazier. These two have been trained for the work that they are doing. They have been called by the Holy Spirit. And we, as a church, we recognize that calling, and we are in support of their ministry in Budapest, Hungary. With that being said, I want to welcome John and Tricia as they come forward to share with us a report of their work. Okay, I think I got a green light. Am I on? Can you, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, very good. It's a pleasure to be back here with you folks in Elgin, and uh, uh, we've uh, 
for those of you who, who uh, have uh, who remember us from from the past, we've been here uh, many times, uh, starting all the way back in 2005, I believe, was our first visit here, and uh, most recently we we're here in 2014, and it's just a real uh, privilege to be back. Am I am I good still? Okay, all right. Um, and uh, we just really want to thank you so much uh, for your, your prayers and your support over the years. It just means so much to us, and it's a great encouragement uh, for us to be able to come back and to share uh, what God has been doing in, uh, in our lives and in our, our ministry for the last few years, and also what God is, is, uh, where God is leading us in the future. And uh, so we're going to be sharing uh, some about that. The, the ministry that uh, that we've done, and also about where we're going, because uh, we we have some big changes coming in our in our lives and our ministry that we're some of you have already heard a little bit about, but we're going to be uh, sharing a little bit more about that. And uh, thank you to Pastor Corey for uh, having us today, and also for picking a picture of, of Hungary to put up on the screen there when you, uh, when the for the background. I was I said, hey, that looks like Hungary, and he said, yeah, I picked that up for today. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but I recognize that spot. Um, and uh, it's just a real, a real privilege and pleasure for us to be here. Now, uh, in case you missed it, I know some of you, uh, some of you, not everybody knows where Hungary is, and you might not have quite caught it on the on the little map there. But uh, this is where Hungary is located in Central Europe. Never say to a Hungarian that Hungary is in Eastern Europe. I made that mistake when I when I first went there, and this, but my Hungarian friend was very offended. He said, "We are not in Eastern Europe. We are in Central Europe." Uh, and of course, I was sort of like, "Central Europe? Is that even a thing?" Well, that is that is a thing to them. So you have to be careful sometimes, you know. But uh, we have been serving in Hungary since 2002 was when we first went over and uh, began ministering there. And so over the last uh, 17 years between time here and and, uh, and and time in Hungary, you know, we've had some extended uh, home assignments a couple of times. So we've been in Hungary for a total of about 12 to 13 years, and uh, and just we've we've gone through a lot of uh, a lot of changes and a lot of uh, transitions in our time and in our ministry. Um, but our most recent term was four years. So we went back and we had been in the States from 2014 to 2015. And uh, we've been back in Hungary for four years. We just got back to the States two weeks ago. Uh, so still sort of fresh off the plane. But uh, we want to share with you a little bit about what we did during our last four-year term. And so Trisha is going to start by sharing about some of that. Okay. Um, in Hungary, one of the most receptive populations are the young people. And there's also a really very high demand to learn English. Hungarians in general want to learn English so that they can move to the West and get better jobs. Um, so English camps have been a very effective way of evangelizing and building relationships. And so we've been involved, well, ever since OMS started in Hungary, there have been English camps. And so every year we've helped. The last few years we got to teach English. And um, we just take the kids for one week or two weeks and teach English, have lessons, have practice, have a lot of really silly English songs play games, but also have opportunities to talk to them about the gospel. 
Now, one of the things that we've noticed over the years, and uh, I shared some about this actually last time I was here. If you remember this, you have a very, very better memory than I do. But um, one of the problems that we have sometimes in uh, our English camp ministry is that young people will, will come to our English camps and will share the gospel with them. They'll accept Christ and uh, things will be great for a little while, but then they go home to their family and their friends who are maybe not believers. They might not have a, a good, strong supporting church. And then they go off to university and a lot of times they just kind of drift away and, and, and lose their faith. And um, so uh, one of the things that we have really worked on trying to do is to, is to have a, uh, a more of a long-term approach. What does it say in the Great Commission? To baptize them and to teach them. And uh, it, it is the long-term ministry of, of teaching uh, new believers how to follow Christ and uh, how to walk in his ways. And we're going to be talking uh, more about that as we as we go down here. But uh, it is so important, we, we believe, to, to have a long-term vision of uh, really equipping new believers to, to to be able to live out their faith in the world and to and to not fall away when when trials come or when they go to university and and they're listening to a lot of their uh, maybe atheist professors or whatever which you know that's a problem here in America as well isn't it yeah it's not just in, in Hungary but in, in Hungary it's even worse so um, that's one of the things that we really believe strongly in. last time I was here uh, I shared some about the work of apologetics that I, uh, teaching apologetics that I do and giving people, giving believers reasons to believe that, to know that, why we can know that Christianity is true, how we can uh, know that the gospel is not just, you know, something, some story that somebody made up, but that these are things that really happen. And uh, so that's a very, very important work and a very important part of, of uh, our work that we feel very strongly about. Okay, and the, the over the last five years, we've partnered with another church in downtown Budapest that is working among the Roma. Now, the Roma are gypsies, as they're commonly called, um, and they're the poorest population in Hungary. They tend to have a lot of discrimination, and um, we've also been helping with an English camp with that church, and John and I were able to teach the Bible stories the last couple years. And so if you see on the right, there's our kids, two of our kids are behind a park bench with a blanket over it, and making a little puppet show with Bible stories. So. Um, and I just wanted to give you a little bit of a, of a cultural uh, snippet, I guess you could say. I, I understand where, where there's some kind of a cookout or something after church, and probably I heard something about like burgers and, and hot dogs or something. Yeah. Okay. So here in America, we'll have a have a fire and have a cookout and maybe roast some hot dogs over the fire, right? Well, in Hungary, they don't roast hot dogs over the fire. They roast well what they call bacon. It's uh, or salona in Hungarian. So they have what they call a salona shutej, a bacon cookout. Well, what they do is they take a big chunk of well, it's really like pig fat. It's fat. It's a big chunk of fat. There might be a little bit of meat in there, but it's kind of hard to see. And they, they put it on a stick, and they hold it over the fire, just like we would with a hot dog. And what they do is they get it good and hot until it's, the fat is just dripping off. And then they take a piece of bread, and they drip the fat onto the bread. Then they roast it some more, get some more dripping, dripping on the bread, and uh, maybe put some peppers on it. And then they eat the bread. 
So if you like melted, if melted pig fat sounds like it's your thing, it actually is. <laughs> it's sort of like bacon on steroids. But uh, uh, I also um, I also learned that technique is very very important because I had I think I was I'm not sure exactly what I did, but I had the bread here, and when I went to drip the fat onto it, I missed the bread and got a big drip of hot fat right in the middle of my hand. Don't do that. Uh, don't, don't try that at home. Um, I had a big blister right in the center of my hand for, for several days afterwards, but uh, it was an interesting cultural experience. So I, I guess it was worth the price. I, I see. Um, one other ministry, as I was talking about apologetics and the teaching of apologetics, is um, you see here a picture of me with a Hungarian pastor, and this is in a coffee shop. And um, we hosted an event where I would share a, 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 a presentation on how we can know that Jesus really rose from the dead. And uh, so leading up to this event, we, we told the people in the church, everybody invite your unbelieving friends to come to this coffee house and hear this presentation. And then afterwards, the idea was for church members to sit around tables with the, with the unbelievers that came and, and just talk about the presentation. And it was kind of supposed to be sort of a low-key event. But uh, I discovered when I did this with this church that only one person in the church invited a, 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 an unbeliever. And it was a, a young woman who had only been a Christian for about six months. So this new Christian had, had, had a neighbor, and for years, she and this neighbor just had not gotten along. They always were, were kind of arguing and fighting and just did not have a good relationship. Well, this young woman became a Christian, and uh, the neighbor, and then, then she had heard about this event, and so she invited her neighbor, and the neighbor said she had seen such a change in this woman's life after she became a Christian that she had to come to this event to find out what caused it. And so she came to our outreach event. Um, I gave my presentation afterwards. The, the, the pastor was helping me with translation, and, and he uh, sat down at their table afterwards and uh, you know, said, do you have any questions? And this elderly woman had never been to church in her entire life. And she, said, she looked at the pastor, and she had a little bit of tear in her eye, and she said, what, what should I do with my sins? And uh, so the pastor then uh, proceeded to share the gospel with her. Uh, she came to church the next Sunday for the first time ever in her entire life. And uh, I don't know exactly what happened after that, but uh, but it's one way that, that we're, we're seeing God where it's, it's sometimes hard to find an opening uh, to share the gospel in Hungary. But when God touches someone's life, you know, people notice it makes a difference. And uh, it's encouraging to, to see that. And then here's one more slide of, uh, of doing some apologetics, teaching and training, and uh, teaching some ministerial candidates in Hungary. Um, and so it's the, the, the work in the ministry of teaching is, is where uh, we feel that God is, is sort of moving us towards. And uh, I'll, I'll share a little bit more about my work uh, in, a, in a couple minutes, but uh, Trish is going to share a little bit about what she's doing. Okay, two years ago, I started working at the International Christian School of Budapest, and um, that school serves, I mean, it was founded in 1994, um, primarily to serve the needs of missionary kids. When missionaries are on the field, one of their biggest questions is, how do I educate my kids? And in prior generations, a lot of them were sent to boarding schools. Um, now you can homeschool more easily. But 
they really wanted to meet these needs because so many missionaries go home when the kids, when the needs of their children are not met. And um, Hannah started, our daughter Hannah started as a student there four years ago, and then I started serving there two years ago. And one of the other things about, we call it ICSB for short, but one of the other things about ICSB is they have a great, um, a great ministry to kids of special needs and even other much larger international schools with a lot more money in Budapest will recommend families to come to us because if they have autism or dyslexia and we know we personally know families that could not be in Hungary if it wasn't for ICSB and their ministry to these kids. Um, and we, but we also have a lot of international kids from many other countries and a growing numbers, a growing percentage of international kids in the school. And so every year there are many opportunities. Like the, the focus of all the teachers, all the teachers are missionaries. Every teacher in the school raises support to go and teach at ICSB. And so their focus is discipleship. And of course they want to teach academically to strengthen the kids to be ready for college, but also to disciple them every step of the way. So there's many you know, weeks of spiritual emphasis, retreats, just lots of discipleship opportunities built into the whole program. Now I have been working in the ministry in the library and um, it was funny because what happened was that you know all three of our kids wanted to go to ICSB but because of the tuition costs we said hey um, what can we do well if I work there I don't get paid none of the teachers get paid but if you're a parent you get a discount on your tuition so I went to the high school principal and I said what can I do and she said well what would you like to do? And I said, well, you know, my dream job would be to work in the library. And little did I know that the librarian was planning to leave. And so she trained me the fall of 2017, and then I became the librarian officially full-time last fall. And I really love it. I love just the interactions with the kids and promoting literacy and reading, getting them excited about stories and the power that stories can have in their lives and supporting the teachers as they're looking for resources for their kids as well. And I've also had other opportunities on the right. You'll see I got to speak in the elementary chapel once this year also. Right, now this next slide, if it works properly, is a, about a one and a half minute video that just gives you a little bit more of a taste of, of uh, the work there. For the past 17 years, we have been serving as missionaries to Hungary. For the past two years, Trisha has been serving at the International Christian School of Budapest. ICSB is a K-12 school that serves MKs, Hungarians, and international students. Trisha has been working as the librarian at ICSB and will be continuing in the support role in the fall of 2019. which is a mission that is committed to transformation through education. ICSB ministers to over 200 students with a biblically integrated curriculum. We want students to be prepared for living as disciples of Jesus in the world. 
My ministry has involved teaching evangelism and discipleship in local churches and seminaries. I will be serving with the Teach Beyond Higher Education Department with an emphasis on biblical and theological training for missionaries who are serving overseas. Your support allows us to continue making a difference in the lives of students around the world. So thank you, and God bless you. Okay. So you may have noticed, uh, if, you, if you're paying attention, you saw the faces of two kids in there. You're like, hey, what about the European? I thought European privacy laws, you couldn't do that. Well, those were our two kids, so we're allowed to do that. <laughs> but um, uh, so everything that we've been sharing about what we've been doing for the last four years, that was uh, with OMS. And as, as many of you know already, that we have served with OMS up until now. Um, but what we're doing now is uh, moving to Teach Beyond. And uh, just to give you a, a short explanation, I guess, we just feel that, that we uh, coming to the end of our term with OMS, that the work of OMS was sort of going in a different direction, whereas the, the work that we feel really called to fits a lot better with the ministry of Teach Beyond, which um, the, the focus of Teach Beyond is what they call transformational education. Now, what is transformational education? Well, as I shared earlier, you know, we really believe that the long-term, uh, it's a long-term work of teaching people, uh, teaching believers how to live as disciples of Jesus. Not, not just, you know, having a big evangelistic crusade and having a lot of people come to Christ, and it's, it's uh, big and exciting, and you have lots of numbers that you can say, hey, look at all these people that got saved, and then you go back 10 years later, and where are all the believers? And a lot of times, you know, we've heard of, of, of cases where, you know, it happens that a lot of people, you know, come to Christ in a certain place and then 10 years later they go back and there are no believers around. There are no churches, there are no Christians growing in their faith or, or, or being discipled or anything. And uh, so it's the long-term ministry of, of transforming lives as people uh, really are learning what it means to, to, to walk in their faith. And, uh, you know, Jesus said here in... Uh, John 15, 16, to his uh, disciples, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And the idea of fruit that will last, I think, is such an important one to me. Because, you know, it's when, when, we, when we see fruit that sort of fades away after a very short period of time, and you go, well, what, what can we do to, to make a fruit that lasts? And I believe it's this work of teaching and discipling. And um, so when you're doing that kind of ministry, you don't always get the big numbers that, that people get all excited about. We had, you know, 10,000 people came to Christ. Um, it's sort of the one-on-one, -on -one, the little story of, the, of the, the older woman who came to the coffee shop because her, her neighbor, because she'd seen the, the change in her neighbor's life. And it's those kinds of stories that, uh, uh, where God is, is, is sort of working behind the scenes, maybe not in a way that's really spectacular with lots of numbers, but uh, that really makes a, a difference, a long-term difference in people's lives. And uh, just another couple of scripture uh, passages I wanted to share with you here. John 8, 28, uh, Jesus says, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. And so transformational education really begins with God the Father. Even Jesus, even the Son of God, had to be taught by the Father 
before he taught others. And uh, so the work of, of transformational education really begins with God the Father and begins with God's Word as we uh, study His Word and through the Holy Spirit, with the help of the Holy Spirit, um, grow in our faith through the work of the Holy Spirit in, uh, in, in studying God's Word, learning, reading God's Word. And uh, you may have heard a little phrase in the, in the video there about a biblically integrated curriculum. So at ICSB, they teach you know, all the normal subjects that you would teach in, in a regular school, math, science, and you know, all the rest. Um, but the idea of a biblically integrated curriculum, it's not just that you, you know, put a scripture verse onto your science lesson and you know, how many apostles can you fit into whatever, but it's, it's, um, it's having a biblical worldview and communicating a biblical worldview to students and understanding this is God's world. And uh, when we study, when we study creation, we are studying what God has made, and so we're actually learning about God by studying His creation. And uh, even studying math can be a, a biblical, uh, can have a biblical worldview behind it. How does God think? How does how does uh, um, the mind of God and the order that we see in the world and in creation? And so that's what the idea of a biblically integrated curriculum uh, means. And then Romans twelve two. Am I on the right slide? Oh, one more. Okay. Romans 12, 2 says, uh, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So transformation is a process in us as we cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in us. And, um, and so that's the kind of work that we believe that God has called us to. Two, um, as I uh, said in the video, I'll be working with the higher education department and uh, share a little bit more about that um, in just a minute. But uh, that just gives you a little bit of a taste of, of Teach Beyond and uh, talking about, uh, uh, Trish is going to say a little bit more about our transition. Okay. Yeah, Teach Beyond has over 700 missionaries. They started up in the Canadian prairies. And so John feels a home with that because he's from Western Canada. But they now serve in 55 countries and are ministering to 18,000 students around the world. And we were just able, last week we were at uh, on the campus of Wheaton College for orientation as new candidates. And it was just exciting and a great opportunity to connect with people who had vision very similar to ours. And one of the things I experienced the last couple years, getting more and more into the life of the school and the community and seeing the powerful ministry that was going on there and that impacted our family and our kids and really strengthened them. And, but yet being sort of on the outskirts of what the rest of our team was doing. Like I'm over here because I'm just at the school and they're doing other things and I wasn't really a part of it. So I'm excited to be like more a central role. Like I'm, what I'm doing is part of the mission of Teach Beyond. So I'm excited about that. So as we uh, move forward, you can go next slide, yeah. My job will be staying basically the same. I'm going to be going back to Hungary and continuing to work in the library. <laughs> or this. Okay. <laughs> and next year I'm going to be taking on more of an organizational, uh, in addition 
an organization role in the school, sort of behind the scenes, helping the junior class. So that will be a big change. And I hope to continue learning in the, um, the databases and the technological side of that too, and continue growing in my, in my role there. And then we had a couple more pictures of the library, because I, I love to show pictures of our library. And one of the things that I have done the last year is just try to brighten the place up and make it more warm, more welcoming, more inviting. And so you can see, oh, there's my picture of the fifth grade class with all the books over their face. And also, one of the, the senior class, every year as part of their Christian studies, they do a project about a verse from the Book of Romans, and those are displayed in the library. And that's a fun opportunity, because then the little kids come, and they're like, what is this about the darkness and the light and this valley? And, and we get to try to explain, oh, this is the symbolism of this book, of this verse from Romans. And it's a neat way to involve the younger students in what the senior students are learning. All right, and so um, uh, again, um, I'll be working with the higher education department, which is kind of a new area for Teach Beyond, but I'll basically be working in two different things. First, developing um, uh, training classes, online training classes for Teach Beyond missionaries, because a lot of missionaries with Teach Beyond have uh, training in education, but they might not have a lot of training in Bible and theology. And so if you're going to go teach somewhere and you want your teaching to be transformational, you have to make sure that you have a good, solid biblical worldview to, to be able to, to convey that to, to your students. And so uh, my job is going to be working with that. Um, I've been asked to develop a class on how to study the Bible and also a class on basic theology, which I'll be uh, basically teaching about the, the, the early creeds. And uh, also we'll be partnering with Bible colleges and seminaries around the world. And so we are already in discussion with a Bible college in Hanoi, in Vietnam, to, uh, to possibly have opportunities for Bible, or Bible college or seminary professors from the States, maybe on sabbatical, go and teach for a semester or two in, uh, in Vietnam or wherever around the world. And so looking for opportunities for that. And I'll also be doing some more uh, work in the, uh, the area of discipleship based on a book that I've written called, uh, that I call The Seven Essential Attributes of a Growing Disciple, which is based on 2 Peter 1, 5 to 7, where Peter says, for this very reason, giving all diligence add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. And uh, the, the idea behind my book is how do you add those things to your faith? And I believe it's by practicing spiritual disciplines that there are actual practices that we can do that go all the way back to the early church and uh, that help us to add virtue to our faith and help us to add knowledge and help us to add self-control and perseverance and all the rest. And this is, this is one of the ways that transformation takes place. So if you're going to go around the world and make disciples, how do you make a disciple? Well, you have to start with the question, how do you be a disciple? And uh, if, you, if you don't know how to be a disciple, then it's very hard to, to show someone else how to become a disciple. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of uh, believers, and even a lot of missionaries have not really been taught how to be a disciple, how to live the life of a growing disciple. And so that's one area that, that I am uh, continuing to work on. And uh, my book is not yet 
out on Kindle, but it hopefully will be within, I, I always say, I hope it's going to be out by such and such, and then it doesn't, so I, I hesitate to say, but by the end of the summer, maybe I can say that. Lord will. So pray for me. Okay, and just to finish up, we wanted to share some more prayer requests with you. Um, we are praying that we will have our support in place to return to Hungary in time for the new school year so that I can get back to the school and so that our boys can continue their education uninterrupted. And ICSB does have actually a lot of holes. Like I think last I heard, they still need two elementary teachers for the coming year. So I really don't want to create an additional hole that they would need to fill somehow. Um, and pray for our travel. We are going to be on the road a lot. We just drove over from New York yesterday. Next week we head to Indiana, back to New York. John's going to be flying to British Columbia to see his family. Just pray for us for safety on the road and for our kids as we travel. And, um, and then at the end of the summer we will be leaving our oldest, Hannah, uh, here in the States, she's going to be a freshman at Houghton College, and that will be a brand new experience for all of us. I can't really wrap my brain around what that would be like to fly away and leave her here. But we're excited that she will be in Houghton because she has friends there and she's close, relatively close to my parents. So you pray for us as we go through that transition because that will be a very big transition. And this is our new prayer card, and we have them on the table back there where you can pick one up or you can sign up to get on our, our email list to get our news updates. So thank you once again for all of your prayers, your support over the years. How many of you remember when Hannah was like here and like about this high? And some of you, really? Oh, great now. So we would have loved for her to be here today, but she had to visit her best friend from high school in Ohio. Uh, so, uh, so we couldn't really drag her away from that. But, uh, but we, uh, we are very thankful uh, for all, again, for all of your prayers and support over the years. And uh, just pray that God will continue to bless you as, as you move forward and your new pastor, I guess, well, sorry, can we still call you a new pastor? Or is, yeah. <laughs> That's not, okay. Uh, you're not that old pastor. <laughs> and uh, so thank you, God bless you. Thank <laughs> you.